Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. It's great to be here, Dan. All right, Chris, uh, an unusual Friday podcast for us, uh, but we figured we needed to catch up. A lot of action going on. Um, and, and today I thought it'd be really interesting to, to take a look at the global landscape, um, partially given the recent events in Israel. Uh, but you know, beyond that, you know, we're seeing a lot of shifts occurring throughout Eastern Europe and in Asia as well. Um, and you know, most US citizens, I would say, are, are unfamiliar with, with a multipolar world, or, or certainly one where the US is, is not the center of economic gravity. Um, and, but however, you know, as, you, as you look back through time, the world is, is, is most often multipolar, right? And it's, and it's one where the economic gravity is mostly centered around population growth. So, you know, using that as a backdrop, and, and I, would, I would argue that, you know, that implies that the current treads, trends are leading toward a multipolar world. And those are, are really, they're not the exception, but they're the norm historically. Um, so question here is, you know, what or how do you envision this transition taking place? And, and specifically, or what kind of time? And then who do you think that the economic gainers are from this type of global transition? Yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think this is a mean reverting trend. So, you know, since World War II, you know, we've been set up, our, our, our bureaucracy has been set up to deal really with the Cold War threat of what was the, the Soviet Union. Um, and ever since the 90s and the fall of the Soviet Union, we really haven't pivoted to address the new world. So just from a U.S. standpoint, we're really not in a position to shift dramatically to the new reality. And the new reality is that we are moving back to a multipolar world. Um, the U.S. really doesn't have the economic base and the capability to play the role of the global policeman like we, like we used to do. Um, and so that means we have to deal with adversaries in a different manner. And it means significant underlying shifts in both geopolitical power um, and capital and winners and losers. Um, and this is all a part of what we've been discussing really for the last uh, several months. And we've been saying that you know, the US economy is out of balance. Well, this is part of the reason it's out of balance. But more specifically, when we step back and look at geopolitics, the entire world is out of balance. And it's moving back into balance. And that means that there's going to be significant shifts in uh, trade flows. It means there's going to be significant shifts in where investments occur, where they don't occur. It's going to mean significant shifts in how and where and the availability of capital and the cost of that capital. Um, and so I think what we're going to witness is a multipolar world, one where the U.S. Uh, is, in, is in retreat, somewhat because the U.S. is atrophied and somewhat just because the rest of the world has, has grown up and technology has shifted the nature of power and leverage. Um, and also one in which the economic gravity is going to leave what has been North America and Europe and move to Asia. And I think it's going to be incredibly disruptive. I think it already has been incredibly disruptive. I don't think um, investors are as aware how far down the path we already are. And I think it's important for investors to understand and realize we are not going back to a pre-COVID world. We are not going back 
to anything we've witnessed since 2009 or the 2000s or the 90s. We're not going to go back to any time period that we've seen really in the last 30 or 40 years. And that is because of these shifts and it's been driven by demographics and other factors. Um, you know, with that, I step back and I look and, you know, I think Europe and this is a real problem for the U.S. The atrophy in Europe is so significant and the policy choices that the U.S. have made, even recently with the Inflation Reduction Act, really puts Europe in a very difficult spot. And I, I really think on a net basis, when you look at that region, they're going to be a net loser. Um, it doesn't mean there's not going to be select opportunities there. there, there that always is the case. Um, I think, you know, China... While they may gain geopolitically, they've got a very difficult road in front of them economically. And so it really is going to depend on how uh, policy and, and how events play it out over the next several years to determine to what degree they'll be a winner or a loser. Um, I think India is a clear winner. Um, I think when we step back, and I do think this, as I've said, I think you know, I've been saying it for two years. I think we're in a multi-year bear market. I think we're still fairly early in this rebalancing. I think it goes through at least the end of the decade. I think we get, I think while all that may sound scary, the real takeaway is it is these periods of dislocation that are going to create fabulous investment opportunities. And so in that sense, I'm, I'm actually excited. We're, we're moving back into a world where I think you can create real value with investing. Um, at the same time, I think all of these changes that are underway are necessary to move to a world of stability and move to a world of where economic growth, not just in the U.S., but around the world, not only is more balanced, but it has a stronger base, and therefore we will have better growth, better productivity, uh, better improvements in living standards, better improvements in GDP per capita, and greater wealth creation. So I don't view this as a negative. I just view it as the natural path we have to go along to get to a better world, and I think we will. I just think people are going to continue to be surprised that you know we're just not going back to the world they're, they're so familiar with. Yeah. And those comments really line up with with what I was about to ask you after this, but um, you know, so as you're talking about this transition, and as it occurs, you know, it, it to your point, it, it implies a massive redistribution of, of both power and wealth, um, and those in current power and wealth, right? Um, they will certainly fight those forces to the best of their ability. Uh, you know, these transitions, as we've seen, they typically lead to increased global confrontation economically and militarily. Um, often lead to upheavals in asset markets. Um, they look at the, both the cost and the availability of capital. As those begin to shift, economies undergo significant restructuring um, as they seek a renewed balance in, in, in new world orders, right? So, so what does this mean, in your opinion, for, for risk assets and specifically equities? Um, you know, we've already witnessed a reduction in liquidity. You know, how much more important is security comp uh, specific uh, company selection and, and business models? Yeah. Look, all of this means that, that that shifting sand beneath an economy's feet just increases volatility and uncertainty that should raise risk premiums across the board. Um, and certainly it may elicit a very strong policy response that tries to dampen or fight against those. But um, quite frankly, given our, our current fiscal position, 
um, and the amount of leverage in the system, I, I don't necessarily think those will be nearly as effective. So I think it just means more volatility. I think it means moving away from these, what I call soft narratives in the market. So you just look at the renewable space. I mean, you know, solar and wind is just getting eviscerated because ultimately physics and economics will take over and win out political and market narratives. Um, so I, I do think it means we're probably leaving a, an era uh, where, you know, we asked the market to do too many things. We asked it to allocate capital. We asked it to uh, provide for wealth creation. We asked for it to provide entertainment to a large degree. And we asked to do it all without a lot of volatility and a lot of uncertainty. And that world's just moving behind us. So I think we're moving to a period where a lot of the current structures in place, whether it's the overuse of leverage in the system, the over-reliance on cheap capital, or quite frankly, just the excess reliance on passive strategies because they were able to achieve attractive uh, nominal returns are behind us. So to your point, I think security selection is going to be absolutely imperative. Um, I think we're going to see further separation uh, between alpha generation and the returns that come through just beta exposure. Uh, so again, I, you know, it's, it's a little flippant to say it's a stock picker's market because that's always the case. I think what we're going to witness is broader separation between the range of outcomes uh, between a general uh, market exposure versus uh, an actively managed, well-thought-out, well-researched uh, investment philosophy. Um, all right, last one for today, and, and let's just bring this up to real time. So, you know, we're looking at recent market action. Uh, we've witnessed the market of late. It's been selling off and finishing at the lows of the day. You know, wh what's your read on that behavior? Look, this is, this is typical uh, liquidity extraction behavior, right? There's a lot of reasons, given the current climate, for investors to be wary, whether it's seasonal weakness, whether it's the fact that when you, when you have a levered economy and you see a rise in volatility in your, in your sovereign bonds, which are the underlying collateral, that means there's less liquidity in the marketplace, which fosters deleveraging. Um, I think it's incredibly naive to think that the, the events we've witnessed in uh, Israel are going to be contained or even to the extent they remain just the regional is issue, they're going to be short-lived. Um, the world's a different place. Um, we just have to acknowledge that. And so that level of uncertainty, along with the dysfunction in the sovereign markets, are making investors wary. I think they're reducing exposure. I think that involves covering your shorts and selling your longs. Um, I think it's what we're witnessing, and that can be a combination of U.S. In levered investors de-risking, as well as foreign investors selling U.S. assets and repatriating that liquidity to deal with the, the higher dollar and the rising debt service costs in their domestic markets. Um, we can't forget the very large internet, net international investment position we have in U.S. assets, right? I think the last we looked at, it started in early 22 at about 80%. It's probably down to about 71, 72% today. Um, and to the extent that continues to decline, that's just a net selling of U.S. assets. 
Um, and there's, quite frankly, not enough liquidity in the U.S. to acquire those assets. So that, that is what's leading to this sell-off. So I think it's very typical behavior. Um, you know, we'll have to see when it stabilizes. I, I think it's important to watch the correlation between the 10-year Treasury bond selling off and the rising dollar and the rising energy prices. That's clearly a very tight correlation right now. When that breaks down and how it breaks down will dictate whether it leads to a more bearish scenario scenario than what we're currently in or one of more stability. Um, and so time will tell. And naturally, you know, markets crash from oversold levels. And so we're reaching that point. And, you know, the next, uh, I think, few weeks will be critical as to assessing whether we get some stability at these new levels or, or in fact, are we going to see more liquidity leave the markets and, and further downside? All right, good deal. Well, Chris, let's wrap it up there for today. So thank you very much, and we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Sounds good, Dan. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Securities discussed within this podcast may be held in the Von Nelson strategies.